Welcome, Welcome to, to the Giorgio Says Podcast. Spilling the tea with Giorgio Takanokis. If you love to keep up to date with all the latest pop culture news and celebrity gossip, then this is the podcast for you. Now, now please welcome, please your, welcome host, your host, Giorgio Takanokis. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of Giorgio Says, the podcast. I am your host, Giorgio. And as always, before I get into today's episode, I just want to remind you that if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel yet, please go ahead and head over to the Giorgio Says channel and hit subscribe, share the channel, comment, hit the notification bell because I am posting daily consistent content. So I just want to throw that out there. Also, I am still working on getting some Zoom watch parties scheduled. I got feedback from the last Zoom party that I did for the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. A lot of people felt like once a month would be best because I understand everyone's busy and not everyone can make a weekly Zoom uh, watch party. So with that said, I have a lot of things to cover today. Uh, tonight is the finale of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills season 12. So we are putting a close to the season and then we will have the reunion uh, part one next week. So we just got the looks earlier this morning, um, courtesy of bravotv.com. Um, so I'm going to rate those looks, but I want to kind of bring everyone up to speed on all the storylines and things that happened throughout the season so that we are really kind of caught up on everything that's happened thus far before we get into the finale. And boy, oh boy, was there a lot of things that happened this season. I mean, I think at the beginning of the season when we saw the trailer, we knew that there was going to be a lot of things happening. But I think before the season started, there were some allegations regarding Kathy's behavior in Aspen. There was also some um, back and forth about why it took Kathy so long to agree to start filming again for season 12. And a lot of people thought it had a lot of, a lot to do with money, which I do agree with. I think Kathy probably did ask for a lot more money and she probably leveraged the fact that she is the real deal in terms of what the aesthetic for The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills actually is and what she brought to the show based on you know, the fans, and she was a fan favorite, obviously. So going into the season, I didn't think that we were going to shy away from the ladies trying to come after Kathy in some way, shape, or form, specifically because Lisa Renna kind of started alluding to things as the season started. Um, but because the last few weeks have been kind of surrounding the whole Kathy Aspen meltdown, I think that kind of left out all the other stuff that happened up until that point, which I think is going to be important because, you know, we have to remember as much as we want the entire reunion to be around this whole Aspen situation, what really went down, we know that's not the case, even though it will probably be a big part of the reunion from what I've heard. So um, yeah, let's get started. Let's start at the top of the season. So at the beginning of the season, we had Dorit's robbery happen. This was episode one. We got the footage of um, the people breaking in. Now, there was a lot of speculation on whether or not the robbery was staged. 
I don't feel that it was. I feel like this was a real robbery. I don't think Dorit would have put her kids in danger just for the sake of, I don't know, an insurance check. But I do understand based on the history of Dorit and PK and how they work the media to build their storylines for the shows or they don't answer to certain things that the media kind of puts out there regarding their finances. Um, it was very interesting the way that viewers took the robbery and watching it play out on the show, specifically for Dorit. And only reason why I think this really kind of pushed viewers to think it was not a real robbery is, uh, well, multiple factors. But I think most of it was the fact that just before they started to film for season 12, there were some talks that Dorit would be on the chopping block or that she would be demoted. And then obviously the night before filming happened, the robbery takes place. And then just like that, she's she's back full time. So I can see why people would think that, but I honestly just feel like it really was coincidental. I don't know, obviously, like if I'm wrong and it somehow comes out later that it was, then it is what it is. But I'm going to go off the notion that it was not staged. So we also have Sutton in the beginning kind of being uh, cold about the way she uh, reacts to Dorit's robbery and she kind of makes it about herself. And so there's a little bit of a tidbit with that situation. But from there, we have the issue between Sutton and Lisa. So if you guys remember last season when Sutton went on Watch What Happens Live, she was defending Garcelle and she brought up the fact that she basically bought tickets for Harry Hamlin and Lisa Renna to sit at her table at the El Elton John Oscar party. And um, she never thanked her for it. And that really set Lisa off. So obviously she's going to bring it up in season 12. So that's what she did. She kind of calls Sutton out and says that she was lying and tries to do this thing at the dinner where she's like trying to kind of isolate Sutton and make her look stupid, but it's Sutton that comes in with receipts. And so obviously that pisses Gar uh, Lisa off even more, but thankfully um, Garcelle was there to kind of push Sutton to kind of stand up for herself. Cause honestly, I don't know if Sutton would have stood up for herself as much this season, if she didn't have a support system and rightfully so it's really challenging from, from our angle as the viewer to watch Sutton deal with some of these women who are clearly um, strategic and backhanded about the way they want to control the narrative, create the narrative, whatever have you. So I thought that that was going to be it. I thought they put it to bed. I thought when they said that they weren't going to fight about this anymore, that that was going to be it, but it does come up later in the season. Um, and then off the show, we start to get more from Lisa Renna in regards to Kathy Hilton in Aspen, but it's more around, at this point of the season, it's more focused around what Kathy said in terms of the slurs that she allegedly used at the Caribou nightclub in Aspen. Um, and I had reported way in advance when they were still filming or coming close to ending the filming when there was the whole debacle about Kathy commenting on Rick Hilton's uh, Instagram based, you know, being like, get me out of here now. Um, there was a lot of talk that there was something off about that. But then when Kathy went on, um, she went on live with 
E! Entertainment in Paris, she basically said that none of that happened and the reports were absolutely false and she doesn't act that way and it's not her uh, personality. This prompted Lisa to then share screenshots of some DMs that she went back and forth on, but basically claimed that Kathy said a racial slur as well as a homophobic slur and that, you know, that's where the kids get it from essentially, like because it's been documented, it's out there if you want to Google it to see for yourself. But there were there were some videos where Paris and Nikki were out. They were probably like teenagers. They were out at a party of some sort and they used the they used both the racial slur and the homophobic slur as well as uh years later paris was caught on audio talking to someone about um gay guys and how gross they are because they go on grinder and they just hook up with whoever and they'll all get aids and die but she later to you know clarify she addressed each of those situations and whether or not you want to take that as she owned up to it and took accountability or not that's besides the point point is she didn't run away from it and ignore it she did face those situations because ultimately even back then um specifically the gay community kind of rose up against paris for saying that because you know a big part of her fan base is gay men so that didn't work well for her brand so she did do an article, I believe, with Out Magazine to try to like extend the olive branch back to the community. And it didn't go over so well, but I think over time, she kind of, it just kind of stopped, it went away. So Lisa Rinna is basically saying that the kids, you know, got it from their mom, Kathy, basically, like where else would they have learned this type of language and this behavior? So and we and at this point of the season when Lisa's sharing this stuff we're nowhere near their trip to Aspen like Aspen comes like maybe 14 episodes so like we're she's like 14 weeks ahead with planting this stuff on social media and this is kind of the start of where Lisa Rinna in my opinion goes off the rails and goes way down the rabbit hole with this whole thing and it also leads to the whole debacle with Patrick Somers. Now, I'm not going to get into all of that on this episode, only because I've covered it between TikTok and some other podcast episodes I've done. So if you want to go check those out, you can, if you're not up to speed on the Patrick Somers uh, dilemma that happened with Lisa Renna and Kathy Hilton, you can go check that out. But basically, that kind of opened the doors for people to really kind of focus on what was going to happen in Aspen and what we were going to see. So that was the the start of Lisa opening up a Pandora's box. And at that time, the allegations were focused on the slurs and not about what Kathy said about Kyle, which is what we actually end up focusing on later down the line. So that was very um, eye-opening. And I think it got a lot of people questioning Kathy and questioning what, you know, where she stands on things based on what we see publicly and the way that she presents herself versus what Lisa Renna was claiming. So um, then we have obviously Erica who, you know, last season, the whole season in entirety was really just about her and what was going on with the whole Tom Girardi 
situation and the lawsuits and, you know, the back and forth and, or what, or what, you know, so we had all that, but then this season, it was really, um, you could tell that Erica came into this trying to clean the slate off, if you will, and try to focus on the wins. But a lot of the ladies like Garcelle were kind of questioning some of that and, and based on articles that came out versus what Erica was saying still weren't lining up. But Erica took it in her own hands. And I do believe that this was a deflection for her. But Erica's been open about being on antidepressants since last season. But this season, it seems like she's really drinking more. And so the drinking is causing her to be very messy, sloppy, all over the place and kind of cringe to watch. There was a few scenes where I was just like, I, I could do without this. I don't need this much drunk Erica. But I believe that that was done to deflect from having to answer questions regarding anything to do with the lawsuits that she's involved in and keeping the women from being able to have like a cohesive conversation. Because in, I think in her mind, if she's drunk and messy, people are gonna focus on that and not so much the legalities that are going on with her. So kind of smart in my opinion, um, if you're looking to deflect something that big, uh, it, it worked. Um, so another thing that occurred was Crystal basically brings up the fact that uh, last season when her and Sutton had that issue when Sutton said she doesn't see color and Crystal kind of, you know, uh, they had like a, a very dramatic exchange about it, but it seemed like they had had a, a very open dialogue around race and what should be said, what shouldn't be said. And it seemed like it was put to bed and that they were going to move on from that and this season, it comes up again, but this time Crystal says that there was something else that Sutton said that was dark. And Garcelle is really confused by this because she's like, well, what was it? But Crystal wouldn't say what it was. And so it kind of got the viewers being like, oh, no, you're playing this game. You're saying that she said something really dark, but you're not going to tell us, which leaves people to think the worst. Um, and then eventually it does come out what Sutton says, and at least on the show, Crystal does end up saying that I think, uh, what she said was Sutton was talking about how she had like an Asian girl and a black girl and an Irish girl, and they were all like swimming together with her daughter. And she was basically saying like, this is how it should be. Um, but it didn't land because when Crystal was explaining it at the table she kind of looked to Garcelle in that moment to be like this is wrong right and Garcelle was still confused like no I don't I don't see the issue and I don't see how that's dark there has to be something else so Garcelle asked Sutton and Sutton tells her the same thing and it's like no that's all I said so it didn't really show Crystal in a good light only because this is her season two she did have a slow um, warm up again this season, um, but she does talk about off camera how it is nerve wracking for her to start filming with these ladies. She also isn't super comfortable with them yet. So it's kind of like she's more on guard, but that kind of shifts and changes, thankfully, as the season moves along. Um, then we get to Garcelle's birthday party, and this is where things start to get really messy with Erica. 
So Erica gets really, really wasted, like lit, okay? Um, Overserved, really like having herself a good time. Well, at the end of the party, people are starting to leave and Garcelle's younger son, I think um, Jax, comes in, who's 14, by the way, to come pick up some flowers from one of the tables to take with them as they're leaving. And Erica yells at him, tells him to get the F out of here multiple times. And so although Garcelle didn't hear it, she found out about it. She did confront Erica, but it's clear that if Garcelle had been there in that moment and actually heard and saw it, I think things would have gone way differently. And I think Garcelle has recently said that on Watch What Happens Live, like watching it back was way different than hearing about it, even though hearing about it was just as awful. But obviously watching something like that happen to one of your kids is going to hit different. So I, I totally understand. But I will say that Erica did own up to it. She did take some accountability and she apologized to Garcelle. So they kind of put that to bed and, and seemingly moved on. And as well as Erica did hit on Oliver, which is Garcelle's oldest son, who was married at that time, because I think right now they're separating and dealing with their own drama, but that's a whole other podcast episode. But um, yeah, so there was a lot of cringe moments with that whole situation. I mean, she was hitting on Oliver, then she cussed out the 14 year old. It was just, it was a mess. Um, but Erica did apologize and own up to it. So I'm glad that she didn't um, try to excuse her behavior. Cause sometimes with Erica, she tries to like battle everything down and not take any accountability for anything so I, i'm glad that that was owned up to um then we get to where it's clear that after a couple of the parties erica seemed like drinking a lot and and she's not coherent and, and the i know a lot of it has to do with the way that they've edited things but there's moments where it's clear like okay she's rambling on don't get this girl another drink. But Garcelle then starts to have conversations basically saying, maybe Erica has a problem with alcohol. And of course the ladies, the Fox Force Four um, are in defense of this because that's one of their girls. So they don't, they don't wanna touch that allegation. So they're kind of just stepping Garcelle down and Garcelle comes back even more and is like, no, this seems like it is a problem for her. And, and this is maybe the start of what a drinking problem could look like. And why is she mixing her alcohol with her meds? And she's just doing what she's supposed to do. She's, she's seeing something and saying something, but that doesn't always pan out well with some of the ladies, because as we know, there's clearly a pact with those four, the Fox Force Four. They don't really call each other out too much. They don't hold each other accountable and they definitely don't have big disagreements at least on camera so good for Garcelle there because Garcelle's been strong since she's come on the show and I really appreciate that and I really appreciate that she's I don't want to say she's speaking for the viewers because she's not our mouthpiece but I think Garcelle's smart that she reads and gets privy to what the viewers are saying and she knows what people want to know and I think she's very good at that I think also that's telling because she she was on the reel and I know a lot of people are cutting up on her and saying well look as soon as she got on the reel got canceled that's not exactly how it went down I think COVID and the way that they kind of handled the show during COVID was a big reason 
why it got canceled. And I think it had just run its course. I don't think it would have mattered who was the host on that panel. It could have been somebody else and it still would have been canceled in my opinion. So, um, but nonetheless, she does have that interviewer um, mentality where she wants to get to know people. And she's also said she likes getting to know people and asking a lot of questions. And so that's just part of her shtick, but I do appreciate it because it helps us get to know the ladies in a different way. Um, and then we have Crystal sharing about her eating disorder, which listen, we've had a couple other franchises with women who've had eating disorders, who've been open and honest about that. For some reason on this one, people weren't as, it didn't come off as concern, but maybe that's because it's Beverly Hills and everyone in Beverly Hills kind of has an eating disorder, if you know what I mean. So hearing that one of the people in your group of friends has an eating disorder is kind of like, oh yeah, that's terrible. I've had one, my mom had one, my sisters have had one, my cousins have one, you just need to get some help. That's kind of like how it was handled. But I will say, um, I think because Crystal got to a moment of vulnerability and sharing something that that's so personal, frankly, I think that kind of opened her up to be able to clock in, if you will, to like, be on because from this moment on we start to see crystal kind of open up more and start to get in the mix more if you know what i'm saying so um but you know it's a big deal eating disorders are not easy to talk about and you don't know how they're going to run the story on the show like what part of the narrative are they going to plop this into and you know unfortunately there was you know erica who had said some things that were you know, not nice in the moment to Crystal, like when she was like, don't get a chicken tender, you know, like things like that were just insensitive, but we didn't really, we didn't really have moments. Maybe they did film stuff, but it just didn't fit into the narrative for the show, but it didn't, I wish there would have been more of a, um, I wish Crystal would have just called them to the carpet because there was a scene at Rena's house where they bring it up when Crystal's not there and they're talking about it to an extent where it was like almost really cringe to watch and so much so that Sutton was very uncomfortable with it because she even went back to Crystal to let her know like they're talking about it but they're not talking out of concern. We also had um, Diana versus Sutton where you know Sutton calls Diana out at Garcelle's birthday party and it gets very messy. The ladies are drinking and they're clearly inebriated. But there's a moment where Sutton calls Diana out because Diana had let the ladies know that she wasn't going to be coming to Garcelle's party in the same breath, kind of threw a dig at Garcelle, but, you know, claimed that because of her miscarriage, she was not in the right state of mind health-wise to come to the party. But then she shows up to Garcelle's party, and so Sutton takes it upon herself, I think, in defense of Garcelle again, to kind of call Diana out and say, well, how is it that you were just saying that you were, you had a miscarriage, but now you're here at the party. What's up with that? And so they have this big exchange. And this is the moment where I feel like maybe the producers in Bravo thought, yeah, Diana, you deserve a diamond because she does have her one moment where she's like, do you need a new villain? Here I am. But that was it. I mean, that's literally it. I mean, could not get anything out of Diana. Now, I don't know if they just didn't show us the, the scenes that she did that maybe also contributed to her getting a diamond, but from what we see as the viewer, it didn't make sense. 
why she would have gotten a full-time role. I mean, Diana did, I mean, her main storyline, in my opinion, was just basically promoting Asher's music, which is her baby daddy, boyfriend, live-in housemate, if you will. Um, so yeah, she she didn't really want to talk about um, her book, Room 23, for probably a number of reasons, which I won't get into for obvious reasons. She clearly loves to send a cease and desist, as she sent out many of them earlier. Uh, I think it was maybe in the middle point of the summer, maybe July or August, she was sending out cease and desist to different podcasters and bloggers and media outlets. So it's clear she doesn't want to get into all that. But it is very interesting that she kind of deflected from it, even though it it was something that she did that was huge back in that time. I mean, that book was like really popular. I don't even think you can get it now. I think it's very like much not available. And I think the ones that are available are like astronomically expensive. So, but nonetheless, um, still not certain with why they decided to go with her. But you know what? I, I think um, she kind of got lost in the sauce. And I think her main thing was just fighting with Sutton. And now she's kind of in the mix with like Erica and Lisa Renna. I mean, I know she was friends with Lisa Renna, so that was her point of connection with this group of ladies. But it's going to be interesting to see how things uh, come to be for next season, whether or not they'll ask her back. I feel like they won't. I feel like she doesn't really care. Um, she doesn't need the money. It's not for that. So it, unless there's some other motive that she would want to come back on the show, I don't see it happening. So I don't know. Um, we also get, obviously, a big thing for Lisa this uh, season was, you know, she did lose her mom, unfortunately, Lois, rest in peace, Lois. Um, so there was a lot of the grieving taking place, but we didn't actually get to see a lot of that until we were at Dorit's uh, homeless, not toothless uh, charity event, which is a whole other can of worms, that whole charity. But nonetheless, she does have a breakdown moment there after she basically screams from across the table at Sutton, um, which was quite embarrassing for some of the other guests that were sitting at the table. But uh, it seems like, again, they they go through this roller coaster ride of emotions and they finally seem to put it to bed, at least for now. Um, it was also in that moment where we start to see that Kathy's being edited in a way where she's not favoring the ladies like Erica, Lisa, um, Dorit, Kyle. Like she's not playing into that group. She's almost more on the side of Garcelle and Crystal and, and Sutton because, you know, I think for her, she does really get on with Garcelle naturally. I think they have a, they've built a friendship together. And so it's been interesting from this point to see her kind of, you know, we're seeing different sides of Kathy. Like they didn't really play up the hunky dory and, and all that stuff. We got to see like real moments, like when Lisa's, you know, calling Garcelle out at the homeless, not toothless dinner party and saying, you know, did you hear what Diana's saying about how she feels like she can't connect with you? 
And Garcelle says something like, no, why don't you tell me what she, you know, what she said? And Kathy bust out laughing in the moment. It was supposed to be serious. And you can tell that the other ladies were like irked that like, even Kathy's like, come on, this is a joke. Like you guys can't be serious, but um, yeah. So, I mean, we didn't get a whole lot on Lisa grieving her mom, which I don't know if that's good or bad. I mean, there may have been other moments that we just aren't seeing for obvious reasons. There, I mean, they film so much. Um, it, it would be amazing to see what's in those archives. Like I would love to sit down and season by season, just go over the cut footage that didn't make the final cuts and the scenes that maybe would be interesting to see, like maybe it would change some of the narratives, you know what I'm saying? So that I always gets me going when I think about all the footage that's just sitting in someone's like hard on someone's hard drive or USB or like whose computer um, has all this footage because I would love to just like scan through it, like unedited. So um, we also then start gearing up because the ladies are heading to Aspen. Now everyone's been waiting the whole entire season for Aspen to happen because obviously we want to find out what this whole situation with Kathy Hilton is. Are they going to bring up the slurs? Are they going to bring up what really happened? Was there footage from the Caribou nightclub? I was always um, clear that there wasn't, so I wasn't expecting to see any footage from that night at the club, but I definitely... I think when the mid-season trailer had come out and we got to see that exchange between Kathy and Rinna, it was clear that the, the meltdown, if you will, had a lot to do with Kyle and the things that she was saying, excuse me, about Kyle were obviously really horrid, <clears throat> even though at that time we didn't know exactly what she said about her. We knew it had to be something really, really crazy for it to become a thing for them to bring it up on the show. And typically when things happen off camera, it's really hard to bring it up on camera and then try to prove whoever's point. Like in this case, it's Lisa Rinna. It's her word against Kathy's because no one else was there at the Aspen house. No one was in the Sprinter van with them. There was just the moment of inside the club where some of the ladies did witness some of that uh i don't want to call it a meltdown but a freak out moment like it was clear that like there was something that happened but you know we're gearing up to go to aspen the ladies are getting themselves together there's some of the ladies staying at kyle's aspen home and then the rest of the ladies i believe sutton garcelle and crystal were staying at a rental and Diana ended up staying at a hotel because Diana's whole thing is like, I'm very, very difficult. It's best for everyone involved if I have my own hotel because, you know, she has a whole thing when she travels where she sends her team a few days ahead to get everything ready for her, unpack, create almost like, I guess what she does is she goes and she creates a situation where she's not having to pack and unpack. Someone's already done that all the things that she needs are already in their place. So all she's got to do is just show up into her hotel suite and just go on with the show. So I can, I can respect that. I mean, she's not bringing that upon the other ladies because she clearly knows how high maintenance she is when she, when it comes to her traveling. So I can appreciate that. But when we get Kathy in the mix, we start seeing that Kathy's clearly like tired 
but it's also weird because Kyle puts Kathy in the basement and has her in a bunk bedroom, which I'm not saying Kathy should get like the biggest room in the house because she's Kathy Hilton, because I don't really think Kathy is really like that. But it was just odd that it started to feel like, are we purposefully pushing her to try to see if she'll have a breaking moment on camera? Because again, we have to remember Kathy waited out coming back to season 12 until she got that paycheck. So I don't know if some of the ladies took that as like, all right, we've got to bring, we've got to bring something to her because she's getting all this money. She's not even a full-time housewife. She didn't even film the entire season like we did. So now she's just going to show up when she feels like it. Um, so that's where my mind started to wander and be like, I wonder if Kyle's playing along, trying to see if she can push her sister to have like a reaction or, you know, something. But then we get to Kimo Sabe where Kyle's excited to have the ladies come and, you know, experience the things that she loves about Aspen. Like you all went and got their hats. And while Kathy was there, you know, she wanted everyone to try her Casa del Sol tequila. Now it's not her, she's an investor as well as Nikki. It's actually Ava Longoria's tequila, but nonetheless, she had tried to promote it. Um, I think, I believe it was the night before that she was trying to promote it. She wanted everyone to take a shot and they all kind of turned her down. And it was very sad in the moment because it's like, we've seen the other ladies over promote their businesses or whatever it is that they're trying to sell us. Like we have Rena Beauty parties every season. We had Erica Jane have her Pretty Best Hair launch party. We've had Kyle basically promoting the agency since the agency was born. Um, she promotes her movie. She promotes, I mean, they all promote their businesses. Dorit as well has had multiple businesses start on the show that she uses as her storyline. Um, so it was just odd that the ladies were just so rude about it and almost like they wanted to brush it off. Like it was annoying that she was trying to promote the tequila. So I know a lot of people think that the big meltdown had to do with the tequila, but it wasn't. I think it was a combination of different things. Um, but nonetheless, it, it, it's another stinger for Kathy when they get to Kimosabe and then Lisa Renna purposefully goes up to the bartender and orders 818 tequila, which is Kendall Jenner's tequila. And obviously we know that Lisa Renna is in tight with Kris Jenner and she's very much trying to align herself with that for multiple reasons again, for another podcast episode. But I think in that moment, Kathy was just really frustrated because it was like, it's just rude. Like if you're in this friend group and we're all doing this, why are you ordering Kendall Jenner's tequila? She's not on this show. I am. I'm supposed to be your friend. You should help support me. So that pissed Kathy off, rightfully so. And she ended up leaving Kimosabe. But I think that was kind of the start of the irritation. She also was annoyed that I think Kyle didn't step in at any point um, to not defend her, but kind of be her sister and be like, hey, look, can we be cool here? Like, can we all just please do a shot of the, the tequila Kathy wants to promote? Like, this is my sister. She's invested in this. This is an important thing for her. Like, you know, like, I, I, don't, I don't think Kathy would just blow up because... I'm sure it was irritating, but I don't think she would blow up over tequila. Like Kathy's not 12, but I do think that there was all these little intricate issues 
that were shoved into a three-day trip. Now you have to remember these ladies are not just on vacation. When they pack a three-day trip in, they pack it in. So they're like filming early, they're ending late and they just go, 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 go. And then it's time to go back. And then they continue filming in, you know, in Beverly Hills. But I think also people need to remember Kathy doesn't do girls trips. She's never really been on girls trips like this. And she doesn't hang out with these ladies on vacation. So I think this was all new to her. I think the filming part of it's new to her. The way that they film the show is different from something that she, Kathy would typically do. So she just probably was looking to Kyle to kind of have her back a little bit more and be more loyal in the, in the situations. Like, yeah, if they were at Caribou Nightclub, I do feel like when we got to that point, maybe it was not a good idea for Kathy to come along because maybe she had been tired and, and I'm sure she would agree with that as well at this point. But it turns that, you know, she clearly, I guess she, from what we've heard is multiple things. First, it was, you know, Kathy was upset because no one wanted to do the conga line. But then we find out that it's actually because she requested Michael Jackson's Billie Jean song and the, the waiter basically told Kathy to go back to LA and was very condescending. And I think that triggered her. I think she was also feeling out of place because she wasn't really dressed the way she would probably dress for a club like that. And because it's such an exclusive club, that's the valid reason why we don't, have footage because they wouldn't allow cameras in there anyway. Now, I guess the blurry part of this is when Lisa Renna takes Kathy out of the Aspen nightclub to take her back to the Aspen house. They seemingly get on a sprinter van, which if you remember, they arrive to the Caribou nightclub in the sprinter van and there are cameras in there that are filming them. But for some reason, I guess, I don't know if they turn the cameras off because it's an off night, they knew they weren't gonna be filming anything that night. It was kind of cameras down kind of evening. Maybe they just turned them off, but it's odd just because if there is any audio or footage, it's not being shown. So we don't know, again, what actually happened, but you know, Lisa Rinna at the beginning of the season focused heavily on the slurs. And then she kind of came back around and was like focusing it on what, she said about Kyle. Now, I do believe that the ladies did talk about the slurs because if, you, if you've watched the last couple episodes, you can tell that they've been re-edited um, in a way where we're not getting that slur accusation come through. But if you pay attention to some of the conversations, you can tell that they're referring to something that's not about the, the meltdown and the, the rant about Kyle. It's clearly about what Kathy allegedly said about either the server or the bouncer or the DJ. We're not really clear on that. But nonetheless, um, Kathy's lawyer, Marty Singer, did get involved. And, you know, Kathy did bring her publicist to the reunion. So this is something she's really trying to control. And I think we are we are getting to a point where I think now that they've gone back and re-edited the last few episodes, we're not going to get into that. I doubt that they'll even although they do talk about the slur in on the reunion filming, I don't know if we're actually going to get that in the final cut. I'll be very surprised if they, if they do that. Um, but nonetheless, we have this whole situation now with them. They start flying back. Kathy did not go back from Aspen with them. She came back separately. Um, 
probably out of embarrassment and not wanting to like have to deal with Kyle and, and all that mess. But then we get to Crystal's Gatsby party and, and Kathy is there. She shows up. And I think we all, from what we understood at the beginning of the season, that once Aspen happened, there was no more Kathy. And there was just going to be one conversation that was filmed between Kathy, Kyle, and Lisa Rinna, which we end up seeing. But at this point, you know, Kathy's at Crystal's birthday party. Lisa Rinna's very uncomfortable with the fact that she even showed up. And I don't even know why, because it's just interesting because she acted like it was just so horrific. And it's wild to me because we've seen Lisa Rinna act horrifically to another sister of Kyle's. Hello, Amsterdam. She almost choked her and, and she threw a glass of wine at her. I mean, that's pretty violent. So um, that was kind of an odd thing to watch because it's like, oh, you're really that impacted? So what really happened then? Because it can't just be that she had a full-on meltdown and, and ranted on about Kyle. And this has got you all feeling the way that you feel. But any, anyway, she ended up leaving early. And this is the episode where I feel like they really heavily edited because I think that there was a lot more conversation between Erica and Diana when they were discussing the whole Aspen situation. I think they do talk about the slurs being uh, brought up or that Kathy said some slurs allegedly, but obviously that's been cut out. So it kind of looks kind of oddly like spliced together because it's like, doesn't seem like, I don't know, it just didn't seem finished. So and then we get to Kathy apologizes to Kyle. She comes over to her house. She's wearing the same t-shirt she wore that night in Aspen when she had the uh, meltdown. And um, it was a really good moment, in my opinion, because I think, you know, siblings are challenging. I have three older siblings. I am the youngest. Kyle is the youngest in her siblings group. I do understand a lot of what Kyle said about how, you know, she doesn't feel like she gets her accolades or like she doesn't get acknowledged. And, you know, I think Kathy being the oldest sister has more of a maternal um connection to Kyle because I think older siblings typically are viewed as the leader because they're the firstborn they're the first to have to experience everything they figure things out before everyone else and then typically the youngest one ends up kind of getting away with a lot more unscathed so and I'm speaking from experience but it's just there's there is a big difference when you go from Kathy to Kim and then Kyle for sure but I think what was beautiful about the moment was Kathy owned up to the fact that her, her behavior was disgusting and that she didn't mean any of those things that came out of anger. And she did say that it was, you know, a couple glasses of wine, the altitude, she was overtired, um, which are all very valid points. And I'm not saying that that's enough to cover the, the sore spot for Kyle and the things that Kathy said, and we don't really know every single detail of what Kathy said about Kyle, but I can imagine she probably said some other things that were probably not the best. Um, Cause as we know, there's always been like issues between, you know, Kathy and Rick and Kyle and Mauricio surrounding, you know, the whole agency situation. And then Kyle did American woman. So there's been a lot of tension between the two anyways. But there was a moment when Kathy tells Kyle that she's proud of her and that she she does everything and, and mom would be proud. And that really hit me emotionally because I think 
as the youngest, sometimes you get overlooked and it's not on purpose all the time. I think it's just, I don't know what it is. I think you just look at the youngest person sometimes like, well, you've gotten away with a lot more. You're doing well, you're good. Like you don't need the constant validation. But I think in this moment, Kathy really saw that Kyle needed that. And so she gave that to her and they had this moment that I thought was really sweet because it's like, maybe like, no, nothing's going to be perfect, but at least let's, let's try to repair things instead of just not talking for 10 years. So I liked that. But then obviously Lisa Renna came into the picture and, you know, Kathy was very accountable about her behavior. She apologized to Lisa Renna multiple times throughout the conversation, but it was clear that Lisa Renna wasn't going to let it go. And so she kept pushing and pushing and pushing Kathy. And I think what she was trying to do was get Kathy to own up to using the alleged slurs because of the way that she's talking. You can tell that she's not talking about what Kathy said about the other ladies or even about Kyle, really. She's kind of trying to get her to own up to the other things that she allegedly said, which I'm pretty sure Kathy wasn't going to go there. And as soon as Lisa Renna says that Kathy had a black heart, that was it for Kathy. She was like, nope, I'm done. I'm out of here. And then she kind of leaves it at that. So that's where we are as of right now. And tonight will be the season finale. So we will get to see things kind of hopefully close out. And then we should get a preview for um, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills season 12 reunion, which leads me into the last topic of this episode, which is the reunion looks came out. And I don't know, guys, I feel like for Beverly Hills, they never really, they never really get it. Like I've never, it's been a while since I've seen a reunion from Beverly Hills where I'm like, wow, all the ladies look so good. And they got the assignment. We got the whole like theme of this situation. So this year, it seems like there's a theme around the Beverly Hills Hotel. So I don't know if they all got different colors in their theme uh, emails, because I know each individual lady gets their own, um, like what colors to wear, what not to wear kind of thing. So, but then when the looks came out, I was like, what, what on earth? What on earth? Now they weren't all horrible. Like if we're gonna compare this to last season, in my opinion, last season was horrific. It was horrific. So this is leaps and bounds from last season. However, I am going to go through each of the looks and I'm going to tell you my thoughts on them. All right, so first up we have Dorit and Dorit usually brings it. She gives us the look, she gives us a moment and it it's always, it's top tier in my opinion. So I was really kind of shocked at how in my opinion, this look is very simple. I'm not a big fan of the cut of the dress, but I think what saves this look for me is the braid, for sure. But the braid also has like the jewelry embedded in it. And she's also got her accessories. I mean, Dorit is on point with her accessories game. Like she brings it. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that I love a monochromatic look, by the way. So this has nothing to do with that. It's more about like, I was, I guess I would have wanted her to wear something a little bit longer and maybe not this type of cut. It's just an odd, 
look. But again, the braid, jewelry, all that definitely brought it up. So I I think I rated this one uh, eight out of 10 or maybe seven out of 10. I'm not sure. I did a whole TikTok on this, but I've had more time to digest the looks because the looks that I got were just very early on uh, photos of the ladies. And, and now Bravo TV has put out the official ones. So it's it's been interesting, but I, I still feel the same. Nothing really changed. All right. Next up, we have Kyle Richards, which I I love this look for her. I know a lot of people don't like the hair color, but I like it. I feel like I don't like it when she goes warm caramel. Like I think a few seasons ago, she did like a warm caramel uh, situation with the hair. And I just was like, what are you doing? This though is more, it's more golden. It's not warm in my opinion. I feel, and I don't know because I'd have to see it in person because everything photographs differently, but it's not too light, but it's like, it's almost like a dirty ombre. Like I really, I do, I do like it. I do like the hair pulled back and I like the few pieces in the front. This dress by the blondes is like a rose gold from what I've seen. And it's very form fitting, which is, looks great on her. I love this look on her. And I think, I feel like I rated this eight out of 10 or yeah, I think I rated it eight out of 10 on TikTok, but nonetheless, I like this dress. I know a lot of people are kind of like, oh, it looks like she's wearing a backpack, but the back of the dress actually is cut all the way out. So it's actually like, if you got a back view of it, which there are some out there floating around, it does, It I feel like it makes the dress look even better, especially on her because she, she looks great. I'm not gonna, I don't really have anything else to say about it. Um, she kind of hits the marker for me. Um, next up is Garcelle, who um, I'm not saying she doesn't have a stylist, guys, but she needs a new one. She needs a stylist that gets her body because Garcelle has a beautiful body. And I feel like this dress is not it. I don't know where I know she wanted to do something like darker themed, but this cut and the thigh high boot, it just I don't know. It makes her look like, I don't know, like someone just pressed on her a little bit and everything is just kind of, it just doesn't, it's not doing anything for her. Um, I like the hair. I like the makeup. Um, I just wish the dress, and it's not the color of the dress. I think the black, a black dress would have been phenomenal, but I think maybe if she would have done something longer with like a slit and the thigh high boot, that would have been fire. So it's like, I think we need to go back to the drawing board with the looks and maybe get a different stylist. I don't know. Um, next up is Sutton. And again, it's like the ones we are rooting for guys are not bringing it. Like what's going on? Um, Sutton looks like she's wearing like a tablecloth. And at first when I saw the dress, I was like, why is it so like, I don't know, there's just, the dress isn't ugly. It's not ugly, but I feel like maybe the hair, she has like a ponytail that's not really full enough and it just feels like her head is flat and it just doesn't, it doesn't vibe together. So I feel like that was a big miss. But then I saw another picture of the dress from the back and she's got like a cut out, but it's not cut out like you see the skin. It's kind of got this like mesh where you can see through it, which I'm like, okay, that makes the dress better but we're not gonna see that part of the dress for most of the reunion. So 
I think I rated this a six out of 10, but I think I almost want to give it a five out of 10. It's not, it's just not good. Sorry, Sutton. Um, I will say that Crystal really hit the nail on the head with this look. I think she looks the best she's ever looked since being on the show. This dress, although it's simple, the color is amazing on her, her hair being down and like just, it just feels authentic to who she is. And you can tell she feels comfortable in this look. And I love it. I love the slit. I love the fit of the dress. I love that it's not too much going on. I love that she didn't do a lot of accessories as well. She just has some bracelets and a rings, her rings or whatnot, but the hair is down. I love the hairstyle. I love the makeup. Love, love, love. This is probably my favorite look. Um, we have Lisa Rinna now who decided to go with a cheetah print dress, although the dress in of itself is very simple. She did kind of edge it up with the jewelry and the hair and we we, we know she loves a wig, honey. So she is, she's brought back. I think this is probably maybe the same wig she wore to the Pretty Mess hair launch party. Um, she looks great. A lot of people said she's like forming into a Kardashian. Listen, there is a thing called the Kardashian effect. So I'm not surprised if that wasn't some sort of inspiration behind it because she does spend a good amount of time hanging out with Kris Jenner. And then we have Kathy Hilton, who, listen, before I say anything, Kathy has a great relationship with Oscar de la Renta. So I already kind of suspected she was going to be doing something from that line. This dress is beautiful. Okay. The hair is beautiful. The, the simplicity of the jewelry and just all, it's all very Kathy. But it's, to me, I feel like we could have gone a different direction because this is giving very much mother of the bride. And that's not such a bad thing. Cause again, the dress is gorgeous, stunning. The handbag is, is beautiful as well, but maybe her holding the handbag is what's giving it that mother of the bride feel instead of it being like, oh, I'm going to a reunion today, but who knows, maybe that'll evolve. But you know what? I love Kathy's personal style. She's very classic, chic. She's very Beverly Hills. And I do appreciate that about her, but I do wish that the maybe a different style dress would have been nice, but I do love the hair a lot. I love when she does her hair like this. So Diana also was not in attendance. Um, so we don't have a reunion look per se for her because she joined via Zoom, but um, we do have Erica's look, which I did like this look a lot, actually a lot more than I thought I would, but it's almost giving me like intergalactic princess ice skater from Vegas. Just, I love the color and I love the texture of the dress. I like the shoes that she paired with it. And I do like the hair. The hair really brings the whole look together. So um, yeah, not the worst reunion looks, if I'm honest, but not my favorite. But again, like I said, Beverly Hills seems to not really hit the mark when it comes to reunion looks. So I'm just, I'm pleasantly surprised because after last season, those looks were trash. I'm, I'm just going to say that now. They, I don't know what they were all doing, but at least this season, there's been some consistency-ish um, with the exception of Sutton and Garcelle. Like, I don't know what's going on there. It's still bugging me um, that their stylist told them, yeah, this is it. This is good. Go on out there and film your segments, girls. Like I would be, oh. anyways, so 
that's it for today, guys. I've brought us up to speed for season 12. I've given us all the main storylines. So we keep that in the forefront of our brain. We have the finale for Beverly Hills tonight. We're supposed to be getting a preview of the trailer uh, later today. Hopefully we get it before the episode airs, um, but we'll definitely probably get a preview, hopefully at the end of the finale as we normally do. And then we have part one that airs next week. Um, next week, I have a special guest on my podcast and I will also be in New York for BravoCon. So I'll be very excited to share everything that's going on with that. And I will talk to you guys on the next one.